You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, I'm Jesse McAnally. I'm Alan Seals. And I'm Liz Estes. And welcome to Carried Away, the world's premier Jim Carrey podcast where we explore the filmography of the rubber-faced Canadian actor film by film and show by show. And welcome to our first episode, as I like to call it, our episode with training wheels. <laughs> I like that. We have our, yeah. our podcasty training wheels. Alan, I feel like we should talk about our respective histories with Jim Carrey, considering as we go on, we'll probably have to talk about our guests' respective histories. So why don't you mm-hmm. go first? Oh, my! Um, I've never met the man. I know. Yet. 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 I know uh, he, he, he and Heather Locklear, right? They, they were, they did a thing for... For a while, right? The 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 relationship thing is and that the first fun fact you have about Jim Carrey is that he dated Heather Locklear. <laughs> I I don't know why when I think Jim Carrey I think anti vaxxer but it's because of Heather Locklear. No, no, no it's Jenny, Jenny McCarthy. McCarthy. Oh, sorry, 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 Jenny McCarthy. Oh, wow, no, we're starting we're, we're starting on a big we're swing. Jenny McCarthy. I get Jenny and Heather confused. A lot, because I don't care about either of them, for what it's worth. Fair enough, fair enough. But no, Jenny McCarthy um, got him into the anti-vax territory. And I think it's a good thing to state in our very first episode that while we are talking about his work and all that, we are not putting him on a pedestal, nor saying that we endorse him or his political views. (laughs) Or his art, for that way, as far as that's concerned. Well, I, I don't know. Uh, talking through your anus is, is taking art to a whole new level. Uh, it's very Dottist. Um, but wh- <laughs> like, because you were bo- you're an '80s kid, aren't you? Yes, I was born in '80. Yeah, yeah. So you got to watch the meteoric rise of Jim Carrey, the ni- 1994 year that really defined him. I did. I did. I. I I love that uh, he sort of came out of nowhere after I watched him uh, on an, on uh, in Living Color, right? Mm-hmm. So inappropriately, his his uh, fire marshal bill is still uh, iconically burned in the back of my my young mind. Um, you know, there's like everybody of my of my generation knows that phrase, and then and then and- going from there, like. 
the mask was iconic. It was a breakthrough in in CG, I believe. And so like from the nerdy technical standpoint, that that had me interested in him because I was just paying attention to the tech behind that movie. And then from that point, because we have that trajectory of Ace Ventura, then Dumb and Dumber, then The Mask, and then it just kept going. And then 95, you have Batman Forever, which if you think about that, like one big year to like that kind of role, it's it's unprecedented today. And the mm. I think he was given the highest pay rate of any actor alive in 1997 with The Cable Guy, with the $20 million deal for just one actor. But Cable Guy, I don't know how you feel about it, and we're going to get into Cable Guy. But... We, we got a lot of movies to talk about, though. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, we'll get there. We have a few that years the, to get through. That is the <sighs> only movie in my life I have ever walked out on. Oh, my gosh. Was Cable Guy. That, that's crazy. Why, though? Like It was so obnoxious, and I haven't Ooh. watched it since, but I'm looking forward to go back to watch this to watching it again as an adult because I so, I have so many friends and th- from the look on your face right now it seems like you do not agree with my with my initial reaction so I'm looking forward to going back to figuring out if this is worth uh it, you know if I prematurely judged it as as a whatever 15 16 year old whatever I was but talk about personal stories dumb and dumber yes. had my first kiss in that movie Ooh, not not. Was it during the diarrhea scene? Yeah, was it during the loud noise scene? <laughs> I don't remember much of the movie because I was like, "Oh, this is kissing." Okay, is it really supposed to be this wet? All right, I'll go with it. <laughs> you, you did the whole mouth over top of their mouth kind of thing. No, she did the mouth over top of my mouth sort of thing. So like literally just like clamped over your mouth kind of kiss. Yeah, yeah. And it, it got better. I have to say it got better. But okay. yeah, that, that first one I was, I will never forget, Dumb and Dumber in the movie theaters. And that's, that's you know, that it's it still Jeff takes Daniel's back. shitting himself is very romantic. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, some people are Pinnacle romance. What can we say? I don't judge. I don't judge. What is your what is your history, Jess? So I was born in 1995, the year after his big year. So I kind of entered into the world where he was already kind of like a figure in it. So I think my first time watching him properly was the TV edit of Liar Liar. My grandmother was babysitting. She's like, here, here's a movie that I think a child might like. And of course, it's a guy who's just ramming his head into the walls and screaming all the time. A child would love that. And I believe I was four at the time. So that was as enchanting as it can. Then about four months later, we saw the Jim Carrey Grinch adaptation in theaters. And that... For a lot of people in our generation, I know a lot of folks did not like that movie for very valid reasons. It it was like a cultural milestone that everyone just saw and was able to quote very easily. My kids just discovered that version and they seem to like it. Yeah, it is dark, but I feel like a lot of adults didn't view through the mind of a child watching something that's a little edgy and just was like, oh, how dare they with Dr. Seuss? Yeah, yeah, I mean... Seuss purists are gonna hate hate on anything like that. Yeah, but but we got two Seuss adaptations in our coverage that we're gonna have to do eventually. Yep, and I will look forward to watching them both. Mm -hmm. But Liz, very quickly, what is your history with Jim Carrey? 
wow. I believe I watched, I saw the Grinch, his Grinch on ABC Family with my cousins, and I hated it because I'd seen the animated one 15 times, and I thought it was sacrilege, and it made me mad. Uh, but and that's your I didn't like history? Jim Carrey for a while. <laughs> he okay, offended fair. my childhood. <laughs> it's like when Andrew Lloyd Webber adapted my favorite movie into a bad musical. Like I was just very offended for a very long time. Which, but which then one? I watched oh School of Rock. Okay. Oh okay. Uh, okay. Oh. But I then like, I watched yeah. uh, Thirty Rock, and I saw him as Leap Dave Williams. Leap Dave Williams. Yes, and one I, of the best. Leap Dave Williams. And everything changed. <laughs> <laughs> and then I watched uh, a bunch of other ones of those other movies. I watched the number twenty three, which is my favorite guilty pleasure thriller movie because it's so stupid. Ooh, I have it's not so seen bad. that one before. I'm excited because I, I know that's my Joel sister Schumacher's, was obsessed with it to the point Joel's where she would point out number twenty three things in my own home when we were younger. <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> Just like we do point thing to my dad, like that's twenty three. Like oh god. <laughs> Let me show this to my child. He's good when he's good. When he's bad, he's in rubber feet. Well, that's a great transition. Great transition. Let's travel back in time to the year 1981, the year that Pope John Paul II was shot twice, Kevin Klein won the Tony for Pirates of Penzance, Sandra Day O'Connor was elected the first woman onto the Supreme Court, and of course, Jim Carrey starred in a little film called Introducing Janet. But it would be later retitled Rubber Face. He was a struggling comedian. Tony Maroney. Waiting. I want to be in showbiz. For the right opportunity. Two weeks from now, we're having another battle of the buffoons right here at Giggle. It's going to be my first step to start with all the wrong jokes. And what you get? Hot water. Thank you very much. You guys have been great. Get some new material. Maybe you can help me. Somewhere between stage fright... I could never go on stage. I'm scared, too. <laughs> and friendship. I'd like you to help me with my routine. They discover what makes people laugh. You should be looser, more relaxed. What are you trying to say? When the people laugh, it's the sweetest sound you could ever hear. <laughs> Jim Carrey, in a hilarious performance... Help me prove I have a brain! ...is Rubberface. <laughs> You've got to be kidding. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No 
purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Um, so he was very young when we did the when he did this in Canada. Um, so it was originally titled "Introducing Janet" and aired on the Canadian Broadcast Channel in 1981. It was written by Nada Harcourt and Michael Jean, which are two of the most Canadian names I've ever heard. Directed by Glenn Salzman and Rebecca <laughs> Yates, the plot of Rubberface, aka Introducing Janet, is a funny schoolgirl. Ada Glossborg becomes friends with a stand-up comedian called Tony Maroney, Jim Carrey, who is struggling with his career. So, it's obvious that they just retitled it and then re-released it as if Jim Carrey was the main character of this film much later on. Wait, so this was introducing Janet. Introducing Janet, yes. Introducing dot, 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 Janet. Janet. So, okay. All right, there are so many things, and... You know, this is made in 18, or is released in 1981. Yes. And I was like, when I was watching this, I was thinking, oh, you know what? Like, it's 1981. Technology wasn't so great. Maybe people just didn't really have a good understanding of words in 1981. Words? Right. To, like, put a script together coherently. And I looked up other things that, that were written in that were also released in 1981 and like this little movie called Raiders of the Lost Ark was was released in 1981 and oh there's dinner dinner with Andre that that was that was a good one Porky's um, yes yes but were those all made in Canada let's let's pre- let's not pretend <laughs> that this like, are we putting us on the same quality as a George Lucas film or a TV made film in Canada? Mad Max 2. <laughs> okay. Uh, this movie is 45 know. minutes. Yeah, but that seems. Is that a Canadian thing? Like to do movies? I put it air quotes that are under an hour. I think it's like a movie of the week thing. Like, do you remember in the old days when they had like the wonderful world of Disney where they'd hire just any director to do something <laughs> just so that they could put something on the networks? Yes. Yes. Or they'd buy up some indie film. Um, I think Steven Spielberg's first film was just a movie of the week that he directed. And I think it was called Duel. Like he was. <laughs> that's how people got their start. So this was supposed to jumpstart this big old like vanity project for a young woman called Alda Glasborg, who we've never heard of again. And the only reason why anyone revisits this vanity project is because Jim Carrey became a big star afterwards. And. He's not even the main character when you can hear them speak at all. Like this, uh, the audio quality, I mean, story aside, Jim Carrey aside, I, I'm like, I feel like an old man. And maybe this is just me, you know, my 80, my 80 born self. I'm like, eh? I'm sorry. I don't understand what you're saying. And I, so I'm like turning up the volume and then I get blown out by the next line. I'm like, yeah. All right. I, I will say the work isn't, they didn't put the work into the audio mix. They barely put the work into like the filming of it. <laughs> or um, the writing. Yes. But this was produced by the Canadian Broadcasting Company and Cineflix. Um, it aired in Canada in the year 1981 in Jim Carrey's very first starring role. Um, 
the reviews around it were pretty bad and nobody really saved those, but it was forgotten very quickly until the VHS rights went up in around 2001 and they just put Jim Carrey's face all over it. Do you mind if I read the tagline that was on the VHS? Please Please do. I know what it is. So So it's Jim Carrey's big old head from the one publicity still they had of the film and his hair does not look right. It just looks incorrect. Uh, It is big head, thin skin, numb skull, (laughs) (laughs) which does not equate to the film that happens in front of us. And this is the DVD cover. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. The one publicity still they had. That's the one. Yeah, the one still they had. Get him off the stage. And yeah, it's not even about him. This movie isn't about him at all. If you were the original actress, I guess would you be... Happy or not that I'm gonna this, go with at least happy. in general it's getting some uh, some re-release, some exposure again? I I can see her contempt for him while making the film. Like, cause there's a good chunk of this that I feel like is improv, and we're the f- the movie, the text of the movie is supposed to imply that she is better at comedy and general performance than he is. However, the action of them doing performance, he is blowing her out the water, and she has active contempt on her face for the fact that he is blowing her out of the water. So you think it was just method acting? They, uh, that's how they were off screen? I think that's it. Because there's that scene where they just put on the hats and they go off oh. riffing one another. And he has like 50 voices and she's got two. And then she's, <laughs> he keeps going and she's just like, yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah, there's that's a point good. where he keeps changing hats and she keeps the same hat on for like multiple she just cutaways. Because she had can't nothing do anything left. else. Grandma, you've changed. Cherie, I am Tony from Paris. That's Paris, Tony. Oh, I am, how you say, very sorry. There's a lot of moments like that where he's just being big and she's like, I got nothing. Wait, did did he go? He went method for uh, when he was Andy, Andy Kaufman. Kaufman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was that the only time? Um, that's the only time he's admitted to. I'm sure he would try to do different things. But how about we go through the plot of introducing Janet or Rubberface? Um, All right. We start off with not just one, but dueling alarm clocks. Fuck you, film school. We'll start with as many alarm clocks as we want to start our story. <laughs> yes. And so Janet is this young girl being constantly fat shamed by her mother despite her not being very big at all but she keeps insisting that she is no she she is an attractive woman uh and couldn't pa- uh, maybe maybe this is just i was going to say couldn't pass for a high schooler but I, I don't i don't remember what high schoolers looked like in 1981 so i don't know yeah like it's the strangest thing so her mother is this newscaster or I wouldn't even she's not reporting the news she's reporting whatever thoughts come onto her head on Canadian television we live in one of the most out of shape societies in the world and I think it's time we set a better example for our children teens are sad can we talk about it and can we fix it how do we, we fix, fix it this yeah, we're gonna Canada. fix we're gonna fix teen sadness by talking about one woman's fat shaming of her daughter yes um Ten years later, Fox News. Makes sense. Le- it oh, leads right it. down to that road. 
Exactly. Then we go to follow Janet into her high school, which might have the most Canadian human beings I've ever heard. Or it's like, hey, do you think she'd rather watch the tube than go to a party? I don't know about that. Uh, no, I gotta watch TV. You're nuts. How can you stay home when you could be out partying? Because I boogie with my Sony. See ya. Bye. Do you think she'd really rather watch the tube? Maybe she didn't get an invite. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <sighs> okay, and then she has to go and to her class, and the most beige man alive asks her to read a poem called My Bubble, which <laughs> then prompts her to recreate the end of 10 Things I Hate About You and sob in front of her entire class. <laughs> Alan, please tell us. before that, though, so it was a trailblazer. <laughs> Describe what happens in that scene. Describe that poem for me, Alan. Um, she, she is very reluctant uh, because... They're setting her up uh, up until this moment. The filmmakers are setting her up to be the funny one, the jokester, the the life of the party. Like, hey, look, it's, it's her coming coming down. Like, oopa doopa doo, I'm sorry. And <laughs> and then this is the moment where she's like, I don't, I don't want to read it. I can't read. And they're like, and then Mr. Beige is like, Yeah, you gotta do it. <laughs> And so she gets up, and this is her moment to let us know she's more than just her funny exterior shell. On the inside, she's sensitive, and she it's basically a very self-deprecating poem that she reads about herself and shows us and her class that she really doesn't like herself, and she's covering it up with comedy. And then this point really doesn't get addressed again for the rest of the movie. People don't see me as I am, and I don't want them to. My bubble protects me. No, it does not. It is a very strangely out of place moment for the rest of it. If it's uncomfortable deeply, and none of her friends do anything about it, they're like, "Wow, she's having a rough day." Yeah. Oof. Well, time to go to that party. <laughs> it's a boot time. Janet's gonna go it's watch the tube by herself. <laughs> Well, no, she doesn't watch it too because just that night, despite n- no connection, she goes to like a stand-up show, like a stand-up comedy routine, and Jim Carrey wanders into the movie. Yeah, what are what we're like 15, 20 minutes into the movie, and now Jim Carrey comes in. Even he's a he's waiter crazy. and just sits at this woman's table, like, "Hey, what's up? How you doing?" I am in no. this. That is his introduction to cinema of one of the most important icons of the end of the twentieth century. <laughs> He sits Just at a table with a lonely me. woman who's apparently fat for Canada. Too fat for like, Canada? How you doing? What's up? I'm Jim Carrey. Um, incredible. He's wearing like these stripes as like he's obviously in this film, he's brought it up many times, even to this day. He is big influences Dick Van Dyke. He's wearing the Mary Poppins stripes throughout the entire movie. He steals an entire bit from Dick Van Dyke's um, performance in Mary Poppins later in the movie about people's laughs. Um, I think he was like, well, I got this one chance to be in a movie. I'm going to make as many Dick Van Dyke references as I can. Everyone loves a good dick joke, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the... Everyone up at that stand-up show, every piece of anyone going up there is the worst stand-up I've ever seen. I've been watching a lot of Mrs. Maisel, and any one of them would have been booed out of there already. (laughs) So we have one guy that's just saying random words, and then we have another woman that's like, I'm going to go up there and recreate a one-woman version of The Wizard of Oz. 
And that's it. That's my entire set. No punchline or anything. I am Uncle Henry. Billy Bob, Betty Bob, Booty Bob. You won't believe what's happened to me, but I was in this land and the trees were talking and the fruit was talking and the flowers were talking and Toto was talking too. I mean, I think she got to go to the doctor. No! I'm telling you, the trees are happening to God. Toto, you can talk then. God damn it, talk now. Toto decides to tell the story. <laughs> It's not only Mary that she's bitty, most sincerely that. Thank you very much. Good night. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was uncomfortable. I, I, I never figured out if these other acts were actually supposed to be funny in the movie or if they were also supposed to equally bomb because none of it worked. No, and then Tony's like, hey, watch me come on tomorrow. And then he does his Jim Carrey shtick and we're supposed to react like that was bad. And I'm like, like nobody's laughing. But I'm like, that was 10 times better than the girl that's just like, I'm going to reenact the Wizard of Oz. And that's my act. Yeah, she, she did like voices, like, you know, just, you know, things that now you couldn't do. I mean, she was doing one voice and then claiming it was the Wizard of Oz. She True. had one voice. True. Her Judy Garland was okay. Yeah, but if you play the Wizard of Oz in every character's Judy Garland, you might have an interesting that, movie. That movie's but it's not just a good awesome. Set. We should make that somehow with science. Um, do we have science enough? Science makes movies. Yeah, look at Darth Vader and Obi Wan. That's just a computer now. <laughs> well, you can get yeah, Paul Walker. His face was put on oh, yeah. put on the on his brother to finish uh, Fast Furious Seven, right? Yeah. yeah. So Janet says your routine has two minutes of good material. Let's help. Let me help you do better stand up. And then for the rest of the movie, he just outclasses her in stand up and comedy and all together. As I feel bad for poor. Poor Ada, who's just like outclassed in every way by Jim Carrey, who's just kind of putzing around. What do you think, in from a directorial standpoint, Jim was supposed to be the inferior comic in the movie, and they just couldn't find someone to cast opposite him that was better? No, what I think happened was Jim Carrey is a no, like probably they know each other from the club scene, like just as people. And she's like, hey, you're pretty talented. Why don't you come be in my film? And then the narrative dictated he had to be a bad comedy comedian, so to say, and not very good at this. However, his shtick that he would just improv is just better than most of the stuff we see that's supposed to be quote unquote good and they're like well if we cut out that stuff we just have nothing good in the movie <laughs> we just don't have anything of entertainment value the what you just said now about like under an hour made for tv that makes sense because there were specific blackouts that went on longer yeah. than they should have and i was like Oh, wait, I guess those were commercial breaks. Yeah, you got to go get your Nestle Crunch. Go 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 buy those. <laughs> I, I don't know what, the, what what's a Canadian brand that they would sell. Ketchup chips? I think that's a Ketchup Canadian chips. Thing. Yeah, that's Canadian. Excuse go buy your poutine me? bars. Your your poutine. Poutine? Poutine, poutine bars. Um poutine yeah, is delicious. This place makes Canada look very drib and terrible, but she how how does she help Jim Carrey become a better comedian, Alan? What kind of stuff does she make him do? Um, I honestly don't remember because I sort of fell asleep at this part. Well, all right. She basically, it's weird to see someone that's less good at impressions try to teach Jim Carrey how to do impressions. <laughs> She's like, just do a Groucho Marx. And he's like, like this, doing it significantly better. No, like this, doing it worse. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was uncomfortable, 
And uh, I guess. Yeah, there are moments like that, but then they try to drive in the pathos of the story by having Ada just break up with Tony because he has his own like there there is like the most crammed in second up second act breakup I've ever seen where he's like no you should stand up and do things she's like no I refuse I'm done with you goodbye well you're just as pushy as everyone else Shannon I hope you have fun Saturday night I hope you lose Janet Janet she just storms away and he's like I don't know what I did wrong rightfully so you gotta have conflict to resolve and move past. Uh, it just felt like the movie dictated it rather than it feeling natural. Uh, that was kind of the whole movie, though. Yeah. Mm. Fair enough. Uh, I'm I not trying like to, to point out. I'd like to point out that these writers and directors never did anything else. Well, yeah. So I mean, so. What, this is the only thing on their resume. I don't think Jim Carrey is going to put it on his resume anytime soon when he's auditioning for Sonic the Hedgehog Nine. <laughs> no, it isn't audition for that. They drive to his house with the script. And like, Here you oh. go. They just throw it in his face and run away. I hope he reads it. Yes. <laughs> sort, um, of like, sort of like a rabid yeah. dog in that respect. I mean, yeah. Elsie you just don't want, don't want to catch anything from him. You know he's not vaccinated. <laughs> so Janet leaves this strange message on her answering machine, I guess. And as weird as this sounds, it kind of reads a little like a suicide I was note. Say, it sounds like a suicide note that she just leaves for her mom to find on the bed. I'm tired. Putting on, taking off my costume, depending on who I'm with and what they expect of me. It's, it's very uncomfortable, and then the mother decides, you know how I'm going to resolve the conflict of me fat-shaming my daughter? I'm going to go on TV and just say, oh, teenagers got it rough. <laughs> and I'm going to make sure that my daughter's watching us at this exact moment when I go on national Canadian TV as a reporter, whatever she is, and talks about teenage life. I have one advantage in being an adult. That's no one puts any pressure on me to grow up. <laughs> one of the problems for teenagers is the pressures we put on them to be something they may not want to be. You know, teenagers, it's not easy to be them. At least as an adult, no one tells me I have to grow up. It's I'll see you next week. <laughs> I, that's actually a decent line. If it was in any other movie, I'd actually kind of like that line. Yeah. Fair. I mean, I was a teenage girl. I get it, Janet. So I understand. Did you try stand-up comedy? I did not try stand-up comedy um, because I didn't have a friend named Jim Carrey to teach me. Um, that his I was name good was Tony Maroney. So how about you fuck off right there? His, his name is so stupid. I refuse to call him by it the entire movie. I just called him Jim Carrey. We've got Tony Maroney coming up to her at her house in the rain, saying, "I I want to be friends again. Please help me with my act. My act is bad. Apparently, the movie says it's bad." And she's like, "Okay, I'll help you with your act." And that scene bothered me visually. So we have Jim Carrey, who's just generally wet. And then behind him, you have just water coming from a hose to make it look like rain. But the rain isn't <laughs> getting on him because that would ruin, like, the mic. So it's just happening behind him. Like, that they pour a bucket a of lot. water on his head, and then they put him in front of some rain. Like, see, you're wet now. What was that? that, happens a, that uh, it happens like a, a lot. They poured a bucket of water on, they put rain in the background, and just convince you he was in the rain. <laughs> 
Well, the thing is, if you're watching a movie, um, especially one shot at 24 frames a second, anytime there's rain, it won't pop up on screen because raindrops move at a faster pace than a frame rate. So anytime you see rain in a film, it has to be like with really big raindrops, like why they use rain machines, even if it's actually raining. So anytime you see rain, you ha- you know it is an intentional choice. It is never there on accident. So that was literally them like, all right, how are we going to do this? All right. So we pour that thing all over Jim's head. And sorry about that, Jim. And sorry, we're going to sorry. Sorry, sorry. have to spray some water off the roof right there. And then we, we can't do any other shots of Jim. We got this one master and that's it. They wanted to make it romantic in a in an unnecessarily romantic way like the the begging to be forgiven on someone's doorstep in the rain is like cliche rom-com sort of stuff i don't think i've seen two leads with less chemistry in a film in a very very long time (laughs) i i feel like they both just did not care for one another as human beings on set and it just read as that yeah or she just gives a different kind of vibe that she wouldn't be interested in Jim Carrey for many reasons. You know, this big, goofy, lumbering, lanky man that's not taking anything seriously. Well, unlike other movies that we will discuss subsequently, yeah, this there was no sexual undertone at all anywhere in no. this movie. This was all just about trying to be, yeah, trying to be funny, like out funny one another. And it, it, it to your point earlier, they're supposed to be helping each other, but it's just Jim Carrey trouncing anybody else he's in a scene with because he he chews all the scenery. That is Jim Carrey. And and sometimes that works to his advantage. And most films know to use Jim Carrey wisely. If you can since he radiates all that energy, everyone else has to be the straight man. And that falls right on his face because in Batman Forever, Tommy Lee Jones is trying to match that energy and he falls right on his face the same way that poor Ada does in this movie. Mm-hmm. So you got to have the Courtney Cox that's just going to be like, I'm going to be super serious next to you while you do your weird Ace Ventura thing. <laughs> as long as you take yourself seriously next to him. That, yeah, you don't you don't try to compete with that. You don't mm-hmm. you don't get a next to a comedy legend and try to be yes. equally well, legendary. Well, we can't can't quite he was a little boy back then, little baby boy, little little Canadian nobody. Um hasn't become the big big sensation he's gonna be. Um but that brings up an interesting question. Do you think any other Jim Carrey film in his filmography he has a believable relationship with a woman, aside from Eternal Sunshine, which is the outlier that proves the rule. Well, you were—you took that out of my mouth. That's literally the only thing I was going to say. <laughs> um, I think the closest is maybe The Mask, because he does kind of have to play a human being for a good chunk of that movie. Uh, he, he, he gets really introspective. There's a, lot, there's a lot of serious stuff he does around that same time frame that gets, that gets pretty introspective. But it's never uh, romantic. He never right. is a believable romantic lead. I guess. Yeah, you're right. Like I'm trying. I'm trying to to think. Like he he goes so deep in his characters that it, I mean, even when he's being a serious character, he's still. I, I believe what he's doing. Right. And yes. but you're right. Yeah. When it comes to the acts of love and relationships, yes, yeah, sunshine, eternal sunshine is the only thing I can think of where I'm like, oh, he actually like romantically cares about this scene partner of his. 
And then there's times that they try really hard, and by all logistics on the page, it should work. Like, me, myself, and Irene. He was legitimately dating Renee Zellweger at the time. They have no chemistry in that movie. No. No, no. It, it's, it's, I think it's just that the kind of energy that Jim Carrey radiates with the big movements don't really read as a romantic lead to an audience. <laughs> well, he... When you're thinking of a, a rubber-faced person, if they're not exaggerating their movements, then they're not being rubber-faced. They're being normal-faced. And normal-faced, the actor, is everybody else in, in front of a camera. Yes. Well, let's wrap up this story. So Tony gets laryngitis at the last minute before his comedy routine. And laryngitis with big quotation marks around the larynx and the gitis. Um, <laughs> so... He's like, you have to go on. immediately. Oh, yeah. Because you've seen a movie before, Liz. Yeah, I know. But this movie's making me mad by that point in the runtime scene. (laughs) (laughs) So Janet has to go on. And my first thought when I see her go on, I'm like, I just want her. I want there to be no arc. I want her to word for word recreate the my bubble bump she said at the beginning and cry. I want that ending. (laughs) (laughs) But no, she says some old joke books that we've all heard from like joke books from the 50s or whatnot and then she somehow kills my parents are divorced i'm the product of a broken home it's very hard on everyone especially me there was a long custody battle and it was very ugly my father won well living with my mom isn't so bad (laughs) my mother worries about me she's understanding and subtle she says Janet, you're going to be happy, successful, and involved. I know. Like, they, well, she starts out, yeah, she starts out really timid, and everyone's yeah. like, cricket, cricket. And then at the end, they're like, oh, yeah, the script says we're supposed to laugh. Okay, here we go. Ha, 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 ha. And that's kind of how it ends. Before we find out that the laryngitis was, air quotes, food you. <laughs> And he talks about um, his butt. It's great. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, that's, but the comedy that she says up there is stuff like, oh, my parents had a divorce and it was a really bad custody battle. And my dad won. So now I live with my mom and it's pretty good. Like she doesn't give them the time to la- There is no pause for the punchline to hit. So she kind of like, she's, I don't think, I, as much as I think she's fine, Ada Glassbork, I don't think you're that good a comedian. I don't, I don't think you're she should have, as good. She should have like delivered it like Roddy Dangerfield. Like that that's who I'm I'm thinking of in my brain. I'm like, yeah, my parents had a, a really bad custody battle and my dad won. Now I live with my mom. <laughs> no respect. Well, no respect. Funny you bring him up because you know who Jim Carrey toured with like right out of Canada the minute he moved to Hollywood was Rodney Dangerfield and that got him really? a big break. Oh, yeah, really? well, I want, we'll talk about that a lot more when we get to um, the Duck Factory uh, in a couple episodes because that kind of leads into how he got that role. Um, but he was basically a protege of Rodney Dangerfield. Um, every week, um, or sorry, every night he would perform, Rodney would actually stand and watch and be like, look at this kid, he's good. Look at that face he pulled. So that was like a surrogate father to him for career-wise and basically got him his jump start. So maybe maybe she should have gotten some advice from Romney Dangerfield and maybe some of her jokes would have landed. This was way before then, way before Rodney Dangerfield then. 
Yes, this is way before then, but that was how he got his start into proper comedy scenes. True, 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 mm-hmm. true. Okay, I'm with well, you. Well, on that note, now that we've summed up the film, how about we go into a mid-show interruption, and then we can talk about how the world reacted to this film. So, Liz, why don't you explain what we've got here? We've got our letterbox corner. Letterbox Liz in her letterbox corner. Explain the game to us. All right, here's the game. I got two types of letterbox reviews. Some are highly rated. Some are low rated. I'd also like to clarify that only 500 people have watched Rubberface on Letterboxd. Or at least they have claimed they've watched on Letterboxd. Including Jess two years ago. (gasps) I Um, I did that? (laughs) You logged it two years ago because we're friends, and I looked it up, and I saw you rated it, and I clicked it. Oh, this is probably like last week. It's like, oh, no, it was two years ago. <laughs> I've been thinking yeah. about this podcast a while. You've outsmarted yourself again. You already gave it a rating. Dang. What you was my rating? Half, you gave it half a star. Sounds like me. Two years I, ago. I, I think that's about right. I don't think I'd change my rating. Yeah. So... So I have some high-ish reviews and some low reviews. So we don't, one stars and anything above it. One stars and anything above it. All right. Who, yeah. Alan, why don't you go first? All right. All right. I'm ready. Okay. That's, sorry. Wrong movie. Uh, here we go. This is the longest movie ever. For it was 40 minutes. Women aren't funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to go with a one star on that one. That is correct. <laughs> That's just objectively wrong. Come on. Yeah, that's not right. I mean, this wouldn't be the f- movie I'd show to be like, oh, let's. This is Sarah Silverman quality comedy. Come on, guys. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? If you drop a Janine Garofalo in this lead role, I think the movie changes like incredibly. It would be an actually really good f- film. Oh, totally, totally. Or like an Alex Borstein. Yeah, she's oh, great. Oh, good. Miss yeah. Maisel kind of yeah. vibe. Yeah. yeah. I I don't think their comedy would mix though. I feel like. Jim Carrey wouldn't be trampled by Alec Borstein, um, but like it would be like two different. It would be like chocolate and peanut butter, but maybe not in a good way. I, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. It might be like chocolate and mayonnaise. Like I don't, I, I, they both could work, but I don't think they'd mix together well. I have put mayonnaise in a chocolate cake before, and it didn't taste half bad. So. Okay, may, maybe that's Alec Borstein and Jim Carrey. It can work. All right, what you got next, Liz? All right, here we go. You've never heard of this movie. The only reason it still exists is because Jim Carrey's first movie, or one of his first. If he wasn't in it, trust me, no one would be talking about it. I mean, they're not wrong, but... Yeah, this is accurate. A lot of this movie is just accurate. <laughs> I'm going to give that one a one star. No, that's a three star. Oh my Ooh. gosh. That's as high as these go. <laughs> that's as high as it goes. Let's go. Oh, yeah. There's some three and a half, but it wasn't It wasn't funny. It was just an actual review of the movie. You know, like, this is a pretty good movie. It's not as bad as they say. I enjoyed the comedy of it. I'm like, good for you. Did anyone, like, I enjoyed when the lady recapped The Wizard of Oz in funny voices. I I, I wrote that review after I watched it. <laughs> I'll do that. I wonder what that girl's doing nowadays. I hope she's doing all right. She's hanging out with the lead of this movie trying to create a comedy career going. Listening to this podcast, like... 
fucked up. We fucked Damn, up, Ada. We didn't do a very good job. Shouldn't have cast somebody better than you in the in the co-starring role. And then it's Jim put his owes face me on. my Joe. Jim owes Joe? me his entire career. <laughs> Joe. Joe. <laughs> he doesn't even know his name. <laughs> Whatever Kareem. his name was. I don't even remember that guy's name. He was so stupid. Uh, he, I couldn't sanction his buffoonery. Tommy Lee Jones is over there now. <laughs> <laughs> They're all just in a bathtub drinking, talking about Jim Carrey ruining their lives. Renee Zellweger. <laughs> I cannot sanction his buffoonery. And then uh, Heather Locklear, right? That's the right Jenny one. Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> it's both of them. Both of them. Both of them. They're Siamese twins. They're like, I can't believe I dated that guy. Well, how come I'm t- I talk like an, a smoker that's been smoking his whole life? Uh, a little, a little... <laughs> that's the reason no vaccines in my blood makes my voice better, stronger. <laughs> With a little Everyone Jackie Hoffman great. thrown in. All right, what we got, Liz? All right. I watched the, I watch it on YouTube, and since the option was available, I watch it at 1.5 speed, which definitely heightened <laughs> the humor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I knew I watched this in the wrong way. Uh, that's a that's a that's a three star. That's a three star. It was a two, but you're right. <laughs> yes, sort of. Yes. Yeah. These, these movies are hard. Once you get some more popular ones, this will be way easier. <laughs> yeah. Scraping the bottom of a barrel. <laughs> you were brave enough to find this movie on eBay. Wait, wait, wait. So the point of this game is to figure out if it's one star or not one star. One, one star, star or five. Or not five. Gotcha. One star or five right. star when you got things that actually matter. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. All right. It's a, it's a, once we get to the popular ones, it'll be one and five purely. Yes. Right so now it's a little skewed right. towards middling. So this was not it's mostly one. middling and bad. Yes. It, it's so. one and not one. All right, Liz, what's next? All right. Men supporting women and women supporting men. Friends supporting friends. That was Ada who wrote that review. <laughs> Ada Glasborg wrote that herself. In the hot tub. <laughs> I need one good review on the one film I made. You, you, we all hear those leap of faith stories of someone like, I put all my heart into this script, mm-hmm. telling my story of how I made it, and then they became big. We don't hear about the ones that don't become big, where they just wind up in credit card debt, and then someone else from it became the really big thing, and then it's just like a footnote in their story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's a terrifying idea, but there has to be like 50 of them born a year. All right, Jess, is that one star or not one star? That's a one star. That's a three star. <laughs> Dang. I, I thought it was trying to trick me. No, I was trying to go along with you. Okay. All right, there's two left. So. All, All right, what we got? Jesse, you, you can still get on the board. Alan is beating you, though. Go, I mean, good. Good. All right. Painfully cringy, even made for made-for-TV movie standards. This must have been a Canadian after-school special about self-esteem. Kind of a trip to see baby-faced Jim Carrey, though. <laughs> One star. What a trip. Yes. All right. All right. Oh, all right, all right. Then. Wrong actor. <laughs> That's the next podcast. Yeah. So Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> all right, Jess, don't, the last one. Alan, don't forget, we got a lot of movies to get through first. We might hate each other. <laughs> we might <laughs> hate each other at the end of this, Alan. We got, a, we got a year and a half worth of movies to dig through here. Yeah, oh, you're gosh. stuck with me for at least a year and a half, seeing my face for a week or so. <laughs> I, I have been wait. stuck with Jess for a year and a half, so. Oh, oh yeah, congratulations. All right, yeah. what do we got? All right, this is the last one. This is a TV movie, and it's pretty good and short. 
It's about a guy who helps a girl with her comedy routine. It's cute. You know what? That's a wholesome review. I'm gonna give that's a three or not a one star. Definitely three. It's a three. Hell yeah! I'll give you that two points cute. for that. You know what? That was her husband who wrote that <laughs> one, <laughs> or wife. You know what? Not that was Heather presuppose. Locklear. Heather Locklear. Locklear. Jenny also McCarthy. It's Jenny, Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> yes, yeah, so Jenny, Jenny McCarthy, McCarthy. Also on her secret letterbox account, being like. <laughs> <laughs> but her letterbox is named Heather Mac- Heather Locklear. <laughs> Heather <Yes>. McCarthy. <laughs> Heather McCarthy Locklear. It's a fan account. <laughs> Notice you never see the two of them at the same place at the oh same time. Oh my goodness. Just saying. Just saying. Maybe Alan's onto something. <laughs> All right, Liz, any more? That's it. All right. Who won? Alan. Congratulations, Alan. Somebody stop me. Oh my gosh, and now that we've been successfully somebody stopped, let's give our <laughs> overall thoughts on Rubberface and whether or not we would give this an alrighty then or a no spank you. <sighs> All right, Alan, you're up first. God, I want so hard to give this an alrighty then because you know this crew worked hard on it and thought they were doing a really good job but this is a hard, hard no spank you. I'm sorry. I have to give it a no spank you. Um, who do you think is the MVP of this movie, aside from Jim Carrey, because he's obviously doing the work? Like, who um, is your favorite character? That oversized tape recorder that she wrote her suicide note on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no yeah, no um, doubt. I think mine is obviously the girl that says, what, she got rather watch the tube than go to a party? <laughs> <laughs> the most Canadian woman ever made, right there. I hope she's Mine doing is the well. MC that seems kind of happy that Jim Carrey has fake laryngitis. He's like, yeah, he, he has laryngitis, so we're going to have this sad girl to come on stage. You better <laughs> laugh at her. <laughs> you know what? At least he wasn't like outright horrible to the sad girl. You know yeah. what? He didn't what? fat shame no. her, which is what everyone else was doing. So, All things considered, there was no misogyny or anything like that from any of the male figures towards the female comedian. That's a rare enough th- find. I will give it that much credit. Fair enough. Still Fair. a very hard no spank you for me. Like, and um, not... I, I actually, I'm gonna. It's a very light no spank you because honestly, it wasn't the worst thing in the world. I enjoyed it. I was able to hear it. Um, Jim Carrey had a few <laughs> moments where I'm like, you know what? Yeah, that's kind of charming. I see what you're doing here. Um, the, you're gonna have a bright future, kid. Was the kind of vibe I got, and that's enough of a charm. Liz, you're gonna what have do a you bright think future, kid. Exactly. Uh, uh, as a as a person who was a teenage girl who also had like times where I was self-conscious about my weight, I found this movie really terrible and boring. <laughs> like, like uh, I th- I come from a female end of things, obviously, because I have a different perspective on being her. So, like, I don't know. I just felt it was boring. Jim Carrey was okay. I didn't even find him that funny. <laughs> I was just more in pain the whole time, so it was like uh, I couldn't even laugh at. It. So we're going to give it a very hard no spank you. All right. Um, on that being said, like when we do this, we're going to rank these as we go. So both in first place and in last place for all of us, I believe, <laughs> Rubberface 
is on right. the board. This is the only time Rubberface will be number one in the ring. Yep. You Hold never on know. You, Hold on to uh, this. You don't know what next week is. You don't know what next week is. But as of right <laughs> now, Rubberface is number one. And thank you for joining us on what is the first of many stops into the world of Jim Carrey. Alan, why don't you promote your wonderful stuff for the world to find and see where you are? Oh, my goodness. Um, I host two other podcasts, one of which uh, is a solo podcast called The Theater Podcast. You can get it at bpn.fm slash ttp. And then the other one I co-host with a lovely lady called Was It Chance? And you can get that at bpn.fm slash was it chance. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I don't know what I'm doing on TikTok, but I'm there. Heck yeah. Um, you can also find my other podcast, Musical Switchies, on the Broadway Podcast Network, as well as my other other podcast, the Dear Friends Podcast, on the Broadway Podcast Network. But if you'd like to follow this podcast, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, at Carried Away with Jess and Allen. Our Twitter is Carried Away Pod, as well as our Instagram. Shoot us an email at carriedawaypodcast at gmail.com. Our title card was created by the amazing Grace Aki. Go follow them on Grace Aki Made It on Instagram. This show is produced by the wonderful, the incredible Elizabeth Esten. Thank you for doing all the research and pulling all those letterbox reviews. Our theme song is I Choose You by the band Thanks. Thank you for letting us use that. Thank you to the Broadway Podcast Network for having us on the platform and for not kicking us off for making fun of poor Ada Glassborg. <laughs> He's in her hot tub angrily tweeting about you now on her secret account. I really, honestly, it would, Ada, if you're listening, we would love to have you on the podcast. Absolutely. We would bump everyone else, and we have some pretty cool names on the possible list just to get you on. And if you have been in any movie with Jim Carrey, we want to hear from you. We want to know. Yes. And we will have you on this podcast to talk about your personal experience with Mr. Jim Carrey. And if you're Jim Sonic, Carrey, this is your invite. Yes. Sonic 5. Sonic. And man, by the time by the time we're done with this podcast, it's Sonic 2 just came out as we are recording this, he might have another movie. I'm I hope that happens. Yeah, yeah. Um the the question is, um I'm sure like are we going to include things that aren't movies? Yes, we're including TV shows, yes. but are we going to include memoirs? Are we going to include the children's book he wrote? We'll have to find out. I we at least know we're doing the movies and TV shows right now. Maybe that could be our special bonus content. Oh yeah, yeah. when we when we get that out there. Yeah, mm. bonus, baby. But if you guys could do us a favor, we are a brand new podcast, and if you had even a little bit of fun, and believe me, this show is only going to get better from the here, so if we're starting at an 8, we're only going to go up to a 20 by the end of this, so why don't you leave us a review on iTunes so that we can get more voices out there. All right, anything else we have left to say before we wrap this on up? Women are funny. Just want to say that. Women are funny. All righty then. We'll see you next time on the Carried Away Podcast. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.